Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan. This is the Adafruit factory behind us in high demand. Everyone loves this factory. Uh, it's where we do all of our engineering, manufacturing, testing, shipping, kitting, videoing, and more. Right now, it's nice and quiet. It's just us two because everyone else has gone home. So uh, we're going to kick it off with one hour of the latest in the maker, hacker, engineer, newsosphere. Can I say that? Newsosphere? Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if that's a word. Uh, all sorts of good stuff coming your way. Mr. Lady Ada, why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is Matrix Driver. 10% off the news for store all the way until 11.59 p.m. or when I remember to turn it off. Matrix Driver is a code. We'll tell you why in a little bit. Talk about our Adafruit live series of shows, including Show and Tell. We just had the Show and Tell just a few minutes ago. Time travel, look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Help wanted, jobs from our jobs board and people posting their skills and companies looking for people to join their organizations. Main New York City factory footage, 3D printing, INMPI, new products. We got some top secret, and we're gonna answer your questions at the end in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord where you can join all 30,000 of us. That's right, we got a bunch of folks there for a 24-7 hackerspace that's um, family-friendly, I guess. I don't even know if the right term is family-friendly. It's just like, it's just friendly. Friendly, yeah. friendly all robots. Right. All that friendly and more people. on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. All right, so first up, let me just do the COVID news because we've been giving everyone updates because we're beep, 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 beep. a business in New York City and uh, New York is probably uh, a little further ahead the different areas of the country or even the world because we got hit hard last year, first, worst. And so what's going on in New York City is uh, you can show your vaccination card, you can use a couple different apps, but when you go to a restaurant or if you go to a gym or any place really inside where there's people, mm -hmm. you will need to, and this is Shake Shack, you will need to show your proof of vaccination. It took a second to do it. All the restaurants around here are doing it. All of the indoor places are doing it. And here's how we're doing in New York. We got a new governor, probably heard. Um, so that means these charts are updated and more, but you can see. More gradients. <laughs> more, 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 more gradients. They're, they're now looking at the hospitalizations. So in the US, it's 100,000 right now, which is terrible. Uh, that's where we already were. So we're not really going forward. It seems like we're going backwards. Then in New York, you can see we're starting to uh, pop up a little bit. So it's not going away. Uh, but I'll say this as an employer in New York with, uh, you know, got over 100 people. The folks that are vaccinated, even if they've had a breakthrough positive case, they're fine. The folks that aren't vaccinated in New York are the ones that are uh, getting severely ill. So that's real and info a good time. from the street. And we're still seeing people get ill. I mean, like it's happening in, in New York, New York City. Right. Um, but more so, if, if someone is vaccinated, in our experience so far, they've always been fine. The ones that haven't been are the ones that uh, have had some severe illnesses. And you're starting to see it really accelerate around mm. the country. So in case you're wondering if um, proof of vaccination is something like, oh, this is going to be an inconvenience, it's hard. Um, we use either our card. Uh, we also have a New York City app. And all it does, it's a camera app. <laughs> all it does is take a photo of it. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't connect to a server, doesn't do anything. I actually like it though, because I open up the app and I know yeah. it's, I don't have to search for my camera roll or like what am I actually showing them the wrong photo. Yeah. And it's accepted everywhere. Yes, people could fake it. Yes, there's all sorts of things. Um, but 
you're allowed to use this. And so this is what we're using right now just to show it. And it's been working out. So that is what's going on here. It hasn't been an inconvenience. Um, they flipped the switch on checking. Is this only for indoor? Week. If you're eating outdoor, you don't require it. If you're doing pickup, some you places don't do. It. Some places still do. They're just like we're just. Well, it's optional. It's not yeah. a mandate. So um, we'll see. And then basically, it looks like September 27th is where most, if not all, of New York that can be have a mandate will. So we'll see. Um, we're part of the Lady Ada's part of the Small Business Council. Um, they're talking to many types of businesses. We'll see if that's something that we want to do. Um, we'll, well, we would have to. Yeah. Um, but our team is pretty much vaccinated. So, uh, so far, so good. We're just going to keep going. But that is the latest and greatest in case you're wondering what's going on. All right. Lady Ada, um, in addition to that great discount code we have. 10% off. Um, we have free stuff. That's right. We still have our freebies. <coughs> Pardon me. $99 or more, you get a free Permaporto half-size breadboard. Great for making your projects permanent from a solderless breadboard. $149 or more, you'll get a free STEMEC QT board, all sorts of different sensors and devices. Um, we're actually starting to get some things back in stock, which is good stuff we ordered back in January is coming in now. So um, we still have a wide selection of QT boards. Um, you know, if you make an account, we'll send you a different one each time. Otherwise, you get a random one. Um, $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. And... Two ninety nine or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, uh, which is a great way to add uh, circuitry and electronics to your project. Even if you're a beginner, if you've never coded before, it's a no solder way to have sensors, uh, LEDs, buttons, and more, um, all programmed with MakeCode, drag and drop programming, Circuit Python, which is in embedded Python on hardware, which we'll talk about shortly, um, Arduino, or uh, Code.org CS Discoveries, which is a classroom-based way to learn how to code. All right, we just finished up some live shows. We have a bunch of live shows that we do every single week. Yeah. We just finished uh, Show and Tell. We do that at 7.30 every single week. It was uh, jam-packed. I think we had oh, a lot, a lot ten, of people, 10 plus people. New people. A lot yeah. of new people. So check it out. Any of our places that people watch videos, a lot of people watch videos on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adafruit. And on um, weekends, and I'm saying weekends because sometimes we do Desk of Lady Ada at different times. Yes. So this weekend, or sorry, last weekend, we did it on Saturday. Um, yes, there was a, f a storm on Sunday, and so we wanted to be a safe and... Yeah, uh, we're, we're at the point where we know it's like, oh, like, there's a hurricane, and, there, and we're getting texts that there's going to be a power outage. Instead of, like, going through that scenario, why don't we just get it done early? Yeah. And then they'll worry about it. Yeah. So anyways, uh, this is part one of Desk Ladiator. What did you show? Uh, okay, so it looks like I showed off the new LED matrix. It's a new product for this week. I also showed off uh, the assembled glasses prototype um, and uh, a STEM IQT board I designed uh, on like a Wednesday or Thursday afternoon at um, MCP23017. Right. 16 pin breakout. And we also do the Great Search. It's brought to you by DigiKey. And Lady User powers of engineering and using the DigiKey site for over a decade um, yeah, to find the parts you need. Easily. So what was this week's part? Okay. Boy, what was this week's part? Oh, this week's part was uh, I request somebody asked for a loquiescent current um, boost converter for an IoT project. And I found a couple options. I also showed them what to look for. It's actually kind of a hard... A loquiescent current boost converter is a weird thing to try to find. I kind of go through why. Um, but, you know, instead of, instead of giving them what they asked for, I give them what they, were, what they wanted, which is a different uh, thing. And um, I think we found a couple good options and also uh, a chip that I was like, maybe I'll make a breakout for this board. Okay. Then JP's product pick of the week was this week. 
Um, we just had a little note. We were celebrating 200 episodes of JP's workshop. Cake! But JP's product pick of the week is one of the newer shows. I just wanted to uh, give JP some kudos here because he always ups his thumbnail game. And uh, I don't know if he knows that I noticed, but I do. Um, here's his latest. This was... <laughs> I'm impressed that he photoshopped himself as every character. This is the way to go. And so this is uh, a tribute, I think, to... Blade Runner 2040, because we were talking about the, the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Pico 2040. Looks great. So, anyways, I thought you'd do a really good job with this. So, here is this week's product pick of the week. It is the Itsy Bitsy RP2040, a powerful little board. We've got lots of flash on there, lots of GPIO pins, can do CircuitPython on there all day long. And I'll show you a little project that I put together, because you may ask yourself, well, what kind of project would I want lots and lots of GPIO pins for in a small form factor? So you can see I've got my little itsy bitsy plugged into a small breadboard there. And then I'm breadboarding these wires into a keybed that I pulled out of an old synthesizer. It's an eight column and eight row diode matrix. So that means I need 16 pins uh, plugged into my itsy bitsy and i have some leftover pins that i decided to plug in a little neopixel strip using our keypad library i can read the diode matrix and know which keys i'm pressing i decided to have it send off midi commands and at the same time send commands to my neopixels to light up it's the itsy bitsy rp2040 and we also have jp's workshop that's on thursday and like i was saying congrats to jp that was uh, last week's news but we also do a CircuitPython segment called CircuitPython Parsect. Here's the latest one. For the CircuitPython Parsec, what I wanted to do was show you how to constrain a range of numbers to a minimum and a maximum that's useful to you. What I have here is a Circuit Playground Express with a potentiometer hooked up as an analog input. So it's being read on pin A2 here, and it's got power and ground. Basically acts as a voltage divider. Uh, if you look at the code, I'm importing the things that matter here, the board, so I get pin definitions, and analog I.O. I actually don't need time in there. I was using that earlier. I'm not now. Uh, what I do is I set up that analog pin, pin A2, to be an analog input that I can read with the phrase analog in. That's a variable name equals analog io dot analog in board dot a2. Then inside of my main loop, what I'm doing is creating a variable called knob, which is using this key phrase, min max analog in value, comma, my minimum number, I want it to have a minimum of 20,000, and my maximum, I want it to have a maximum of 50,000. So if you watch here when I turn this knob, it's got a little bit of a dead zone at the beginning, and then it grabs it at that 20,000 mark, and it goes up to, it hits 50,000 and stops there. So what this allows me to do is ignore some of that sort of little sloppy beginning and end zone there, which can vary from potentiometer to potentiometer, and instead I use the nice meaty center where it's predictable. And so that is how you can constrain a set of values using min-max inside of CircuitPython. And that is your circuit Python Parsec. Okay, I wanted to just uh, before I go to the deep dive with Scott, I wanted to shout out to 
James in the chat, who is volunteering as an election worker again out in California. California has lots of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. And, the um, yeah, when we were trying to help get the word out about how and where people could volunteer for uh, elections, uh, James did it. James is doing it again. Um, and the reason why I think it's okay for me to put this here, because Scott is always civic minded as well, so I thought he would yes. appreciate this. So thank you, James, for doing that. We all could uh, make. Whatever criticism you have in our system, participation is probably better than not. So thank you, James. Um, so speaking of, uh, Deep Dive with Scott, Fridays, 2 p.m. Scott will be there, deep diving into all the innards of CircuitPython. All right. So uh, back to time traveling. That's what you can do when you have a time travel segment. You can travel back and forth in, on the timeline. You can do it, just like Spider-Man. OK. Um, I'm Dr. Octopus. <laughs> Yeah, Doctor Strange lives right down the street from here. That's true, he um, does. We walk by. So, we walk by Bleecker Street all the time. So let's uh, take a, a walk down memory lane and take a look at a project that Phil B did. next up just a little bit of reminder um the halloween ada box will Gonna be shipping rock. and uh we're about to send a preview to our friends at digikey because they get a little bit of a heads up because they're usually a partner with ada box it will be completely sold out and you won't be able to get the products or products that are associated with it just letting you know go to adabox.com sign up now i think we have like 100 or so slots and those will be gone very soon this is your yes. reminder okay and we're not going to make more like we're not opening up more slots we've already opened up Extra slots the last time, and yeah. uh, we're maxed out. Yep. All right. Every single Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Collins Lab Notes is in effect. So I'm going to play. Um, let's see which one. I have. I have. I have all of them lined up. I'm going to play yesterday's, and okay. um, then we're just going to keep going. Okay. Uh, but do check out all of them in the playlist and all of your social media platforms. Almost every day. And it's also. Um, I'll say this, what's interesting is we're meeting a lot of new people because of TikTok. So oh, yeah? we're, we don't make money on TikTok. We don't, we're not uh, influencers. Okay. We're not, we're not, we don't have any, there's no money. Oh, I forgot. I have this disclaimer, disclosure, disclaimer. Don't yeah. blame me. Don't tweet yeah. at me. Yeah. Um, but it's, we're meeting new people because they're coming into our chats and saying, hey, I found you through TikTok. Oh, cool. They're like, I like watching how-to stuff on TikTok. That's how I found you. Yes. And then I got an excellent spam. There's a PCB company that would absolutely love for us to show their PCBs on our TikTok, um, and they'd pay us money. Not going to do that. Not going to respond. Would decline uh, get, putting it in the archive. But it's interesting that the the there there people are finding us uh, via TikTok. So you know when the spammers and the scammers get you, you know you have something All good right. going on. So we anyways, a lot of followers. Yeah. It's easy to run out of microcontroller pins once a project really gets going, but you don't have to replace the board to get more. 
you can simply add a port expander. This MCP23017 port expander chip uses I2C to add 16 general purpose input or output pins to your board. Each pin has an internal pull-up resistor you can enable in software, and the chip's I2C address can be set by tying a combination of its address pins to ground. Setting one of these chips up on a breadboard is fast. Just connect power, I2C clock and data, tie the reset pin to positive voltage, and ground the three hardware address pins. Reading and writing to the I.O. pins is simple, thanks to the software library. Up to eight MCP23017s can be chained together for a total of 128 pins, which is a lot. Okay, help wanted. Interview jobs board. So you can go to jobs.adafruit.com and look for a cool gig. There's a lot. Or you can post up your skills and people can find you. We look at all of them, moderate them, check them out, make sure they're not sketchy or scammy. This one for the week is the Exhibit Maintenance Technician, full-time, Discovery World in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Check it out, jobs.adafruit.com, and you can apply right there. All right, it's Python on Hardware Time, Lady Ada. Okay, blinka, 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 blinka me up. Yeah, it's Python on Hardware, and as usual, we're going to go over the newsletter, then going to then have a discussion about things. A little talk, a little chit-chat. Um, this week, CircuitPython 7.0 beta released. We're in a beta. All right, so some of the big things since the 6.3.0. Support for CircuitPython development workflow over BLE. Camera support on ESP32 S2. Curio, QR decoding. Um, keypad scanning module, real-time customization of USB devices, that one's new. Merging in of the MicroPython fixes and enhancements of MicroPython as of 1.16, the great merge. Hence, the poster. Two Blinkas. Two snakes. One Blinka. Yeah, I don't think the uh, orange snake has a name. And they it's don't use that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, The nameless snake. But uh, Blink has a name. Um, next up, uh, simplification for the RGB status and LED codes. Um, Anything else, like Unicone file name support, I think is a good one. Like, I think that's yeah. still being worked on, and it depends. But yeah, a couple modules, but yeah, there's the big, a lot. big things are camera support, uh, BLE one-time keypad, uh, one-time USB, and um, updating MicroPython. The rest is a little bit kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, yeah, Jeffler was asking me, is it pronounced Curio? So Curio, um, I did a blog post about, uh, I worked on these Sony robots a million years ago, and then we decided to do a product because Sony abandoned everything and Curio um, was a specific word that I always wanted to use even before Sony. And uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, Curio. Curio. Q-R-I-O? Yeah, Q-R-I-O. Okay. Or Q-R-I-O. That's what I, well, this isn't, this isn't related, it's not related to that robot. This is a no, Q-R-I-O. No, but it's spelled the same. Yeah. But if folks want to see non-Boston Dynamics uh, robots doing stuff, check out, um, just do a search on our blog and look for Curio. They were dancing robots. They'd read stories of kids. And... Uh, I tried to smuggle one of them out, but Sony stopped me. Um, anyways, so you can look at the rest of the newsletter. More stuff on Whippersnapper. That's our beta. If you want to participate, you can do it on Discord. Um, we have a little bit of a recap of the latest Hackspace magazine. Mm -hmm. So make music with Pico and CircuitPython. Um, there is a bunch of stuff going on in the world of keyboards and CircuitPython because that's one of the things it does. Um, a lot of people are doing things like make a 3D printed uh, like Jepler did from Show and Tell, 3D printed keyboards. Keycaps, yeah. Keycaps, you name it, because now we have a micro pad. 
Um, so that is the news in the newsletter. Do subscribe. We're getting really close to 9,000 subscribers. Oh. Um, so if uh, like 10 of you subscribe, um, we'll probably hit it next week. Um, more keyboards. Here's the NumPad 4000 mechanical key switch data entry yeah, device. Yeah, new guide. That was by John Park. Um, but the topic of the week, and I think this is maybe some of the biggest news, but there is no such thing as independent press in electronics anymore. So no one's really going to write about stuff because everyone's owned by someone else. So we try to cover the things that we think are interesting. So Arduino is doing Python. That's right. And you're probably well, saying... Well, they have for a bit, but now they're doing more Python. Well, first up, are those little feather boards? No. Do they look kind of like feathers? Yes. And is that Python? Yeah. So what's the destination with a lot of microcontroller efforts? It's scripting languages mm. on feather-shaped things. And I think this is a big deal because we were like, hey, Arduino, we're going this direction. We're going this direction. Um, not only from our form factor, but also going to a scripting language Python. So this is with OpenMV. Uh, yeah, so this is this is interesting because and it's MicroPython, it, it and um, it's it's interesting because Arduino is kind of going similar to the route that they had with the Arduino IDE and Arduino hardware, where you know you don't have to use any particular IDE with with CircuitPython or MicroPython. You can use any any basically any IDE, although Thony is pretty popular because it has file management. Um, but you can you know it's it's a REPL and it's you know a file uploading system through the REPL. Um, and so the ID doesn't matter that much, but um, having a, an ID that's that is controllable um, lets them have add-ons and other capabilities that they want to to add. One of the things about the Arduino ID is it's not a very complicated ID, but it has a couple of add-ons that make it suitable um, for use with Arduino boards. And so, um, sort of similar to you know Arduino hardware and Arduino ID, where they're you know they're two pieces of the same um, development tooling, um, they're, go they're going the same way with the MicroPython and Python on hardware support. Um, specialized tooling, specialized IDE, even though it isn't required, I think they're kind of pushing people towards that. So, you know, it, we always said like, oh, well, Arduino IDE ever support Python? And the answer is no, but what they did do is they're using OpenMV's IDE, which is a very a lovely IDE that you can use um, to do, you know, open machine vision stuff. But it's also a fairly good MicroPython ID to, to begin with. And I, you know, I don't know if they're using the OpenMV fork of MicroPython or the core, um, but I think these are the NRF52840 boards and NRF52840 has good MicroPython support. It has BLE um, support and of course in CircuitPython we have support as well. So in addition to the Portana now they're, they're and the RP2040, which of course has um, uh, first class MicroPython support. Now they're going back and saying, okay, here's earlier boards that yeah. we're going to bring in. So now I think they have maybe five boards total that are are, are given uh, Python hardware native support. So it's it's you know and and going forward the hardware coming forward coming out from now on almost certainly will as well because it's only going to get more powerful, more RAM, more capability. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like interpretive languages are are on microcontrollers. They're here to stay, and I think. Some people get caught up, like, what's the differences between? Start off with the project you want to do, and there might be an easier, better, faster way to do it, and what's the value of your time, um, and, and what things do you want to get done? Mm. And there's some programming languages that are just, like, more net, net native than others. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm excited about this because I wrote the Why Arduino One Wire's Here to Stay a million years ago, I wrote this article on Make. And so far, um, Harry Seldon style, you know, foundation, like the, the whole big movement of things are, is still the same. Something might not be called Arduino in the future, but as you can tell, it's like 
things are moving towards a certain type of form factor and certain type of programming languages, and it's making things better and easier. And some people don't a, like I'm it. I'm a fan of the some thin board. Like some people don't like it. Yeah. That's some, fine. Pe some people want the. Remember back in the day, I don't know, like a decade ago uh, or less, when you would get a dev board, it was like $500 and it had like this lockdown IDE. You couldn't do anything with it. Everything was like complicated and hard and expensive. Yeah. Um, some people really like that way. We don't. I think that the, the market has spoken. This is what the market wants. Yeah. Okay. And that is our Python or hardware news of the week. Okay. All right, we're going along. Yeah, made in New York City factory footage. Take it away, factory.
Okay, and it wouldn't be Adafruit factory footage unless you could see Disney headquarters across the street from Adafruit still being built. Okay, they're putting down some metal sheeting now. Yeah. This is, you know, look at all these people. There's just like a couple hundred people there. Flooring getting put together. Will Mickey Mouse go out of copyright or not in a couple of years? That's what we all want to know. We should totally do cargated metal versus famous mouse. All right. 3D printing. Zip, 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 zip. Tom Pedro. 3D printing. We're going to do things a little different this week. First up. Uh, congratulations, Don Pedro. They've been doing stuff with Adafruit for eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Yay, yay, eight years. So, That's a lot of 3D printers they've gone through. Yeah. <laughs> Many. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, we met them, I believe it was a show and tell, and they were showing off some projects, and we really hit it off, and it's been fantastic. If you look at the video quantity and quality that Noe and Pedro do every single week, um, it's helped so many people do the type of projects they want to do. They've gone from zero to maker hero in a matter of shows. Their skills have really improved. Yeah, they've gotten, they've skilled up and the yeah. entire community and the world skilled yeah. up. And I feel like a lot of people saved a lot of uh, anxiety and pain with which 3D printer to get. Yeah, I think like, also we, when we started it was like, well, okay, 3D printer, what are you going to make with it? And we're like, enclosures maybe, but how and like what? Yeah. But now they, you know, they actually have a, a wide range of things that you can do with 3D printing. If you're an engineer, it's, it can be a very useful tool. I like how it is a tool now and it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not just like 3D printed Yoda head. It is things that you can, it's a part of a, a process that you're making stuff with. Yes, and people I, people don't just make they make trickets, but they quickly start making yeah. things that are useful. And I, I think that was that. the missing thing because it's the only, and I think the long well, it's the longest running three D printing show, but I think it's like now the only live one. And I think that was one of the problems that three D printing ran into when it first really got big was there wasn't people combining things you can do. Like at some point, you have to get over the fact that you're three D printing and do something useful with it. Yeah. Like yes, it's cool. But you have to do something with it. Yes, and, and they're doing stuff. And, that, and that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, we're going to do, like, the electronics or the, the, the project was always part of it. It wasn't just like, here is the latest 3D printer. Because a lot of it turned into, which Kickstarter am I going to back for that $100 3D printer that I'm never going to get? Yeah. That's what a lot of 3D printing turned into. So I'm glad, I'm glad we have an alternative for folks. So we're going to do the speed up, and then we're just going to play the first, um, I don't know, like 30 seconds of the Woodcap one, because it's a nine-minute-long video. Uh, it's better to watch in one sitting, not part of another show, which is ours. So let's yep. do the speed up. And then... Um, I'll go back to this in a sec. Okay, and then next up, I'm just going to play the very beginning of the wood keycap video. Yes, it's long. It's on our, watch, watch the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube and other places. Hey, what's up, folks? In this video, we're CNC milling some keycaps. These DSA profile keycaps are fully symmetrical and feature a slightly concave top surface. 
In this video, I'll show you how to machine these keycaps in different types of wood. In Fusion 3... Okay, so... You can watch how you make that on YouTube. Alright, lady, are you ready? Yes. Here we go, it's... This week's Ion MPI is from ST. Every single week we do Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This is where we look at new product introductions and PI. Mm -hmm. And the place that we I like on it. Yeah, the place that we like and we think has the most NPIs is digikey.com. So well, Lady Ada, they've got lots of new products all the time. So go do. to digikey.com slash new. And that's how I find uh, what I'm going to cover really? in INPI. Yeah. It's not a secret. We, um, back in the day, when um, our website was a lot smaller, mm. and there was people trying to do bad stuff to our website, mm. we noticed that some of our competitors at the time, every morning they would look at adafruit.com slash new. I would too. It's and a that's how they would figure out what they wanted to try to uh, do next, because we were always coming up with really good stuff. Yeah. And that's what you kind of do, too. I do the same thing. Yeah. I, I am... So you go to digikey.com slash new to stay... I go to everybody's site slash new, but yeah. digikey.com slash new is where you'll get all the latest and component NPIs. So this week, the newest, latest, hottest yes. from ST. Okay, so uh, this week from ST, we've got the ST25DV. Um, I actually really liked uh, when I saw this pop up because I was like, hey, I know this chip. I even made a breakout for this chip, so I know a lot about it. Um, and I know what it can do, so I thought this would be a really good NPI because I can really talk to you in depth. Um, there's also a lot of good information from ST about this chip. Um, so this chip is a um, dynamic NFC RFID tag I see with four 16 or 64 kilobit EEPROM, fast transfer mode capability, and optimized I2C. It comes in a bunch of different packages. You can see it comes in four different packages there. Uh, and it's an NFC chip. And this is an interesting... Um, chip because when a lot of people talk about RFID or NFC, they think about RFID tags that look like this. And if you see, um, you know, there's the card and the sticker and the circular tag. But if you look at the, the clear tag or the clear key fob, um, you see that there is an antenna made of coil of wire. It's kind of like a made of magnet wire, so it's reddish or orangish. And in the center, there's like the silvery blob with only two pads on it. And um, that's an RFID chip that is fully powered and takes data over the RF link created when energy enters um, the coil, that is, you know, the, the data and power transfer. Um, RFID and NFC, NFC is kind of a, a, a it's, it's a near field communication, so it's a larger scale thing than RFID, which is a very specific thing just for identification. Um, so I'll just kind of refer to it to NFC, but a lot of people use the two terms kind of back and forth. Um, so these tags, they have memory built in, and you can read, write, or authenticate through them. So oftentimes they're used as, you know, um, public transport identification, or you um, have RFID NFC in your credit card. Um, they're very inexpensive, and they're great if you want to just transmit a small amount of data without needing a battery. However, they're not smart. Like, you can't run code or, like, have the data inside the tag change on the fly. Like, whatever you write to it is what you read from it next time. It's just... It's just a little piece of memory that is powered and has data over RFID. Um, so this, which is this is the breakout we have, um, this chip is interesting because it has that same coil antenna you see at the top, the, the coil antenna um, that's built into the circuit board. You could, of course, use an external antenna, but uh, you know it's convenient to have it printed onto the PCB. It's inexpensive, although it's a little bit large. And um, 
over I2C you can communicate to it so you can read or write data over I2C or through RFID and so that gives it a kind of a, a dynamic ability to act as a bridge between NFC communication and microcontrollers that don't have NFC. It's quite rare for a microcontroller to have NFC built into it, but this chip, which is very inexpensive, lets you bridge that data um, and do it. It's useful for a couple different things. Um, so uh, because we already have this breakout in the store, here's an example. When this phone uh, goes over the tag, it's been pre-programmed with a URL. You can see that it's the product URL. Um, and we program that in the factory, but what's interesting is, of course, if you had a microcontroller attached to it, you could change what tag, what the data is read from the tag on the fly based on whatever data you'd like. So you can use it as a way of advertising data sort of the way Bluetooth does, but without any batteries. So inside, um, you know, it itself is not a programmable microcontroller. It is only I2C or RFID, but it's got a couple cool things going for it. One is it uses ISO uh, 1593, which is not what most people think of as, you know, classic MyFair or MyFair Desfire or MyFair Lite or whatever. It is a different protocol, so, you know, it doesn't necessarily work with our PN532 breakouts, but it does have support from, like, pretty much every modern phone, iOS and Android phones. If it, they have NFC support, they'll support um, this chip. Inside is um, both a dynamic RAM buffer and an EEPROM buffer. The dynamic buffer is just faster to write. The EEPROM buffer is, as you expect, you write it and it is maintained over, you know, 100,000 cycles or more. Um, it also has this cool energy harvesting uh, capability, which I think is neat. And I'll show you a little demo of that in a bit, not demo from me from uh, ST. Um, so one thing that is nice about this um, ISO uh, format is compared to most, it can actually go much farther. I will say that, um, the distance is dependent a lot about whether, how, how good the antenna is. So at the bottom where you see it's like, you know, a couple of feet up to a meter, it, you know, you, that's for a, not a phone, it's for my dynamic um, reader with a good antenna. Uh, speaking of which, one thing that I thought was really cool is um, ST has an uh, e-design website where you can uh, dynamically design um, the antenna you need based on, in, in the data sheet it tells you what the, um, you know, based on the frequency and the built-in capacity, you can tune what inductance you want, and then you can use this tool. Um, you can say how physically large you want the antenna to be, and it'll tell you the trace width and the number of turns and the inductance. So it kind of does, like, this math is a total pain to do uh, by hand. So I, I used this tool when I designed the antenna for the um, NFC breakout. Um, it does have energy harvesting built in. This is also kind of neat because a lot of people like the idea of energy harvesting. Um, it has some use cases where not only would the uh, ST25DV be powered um, over the energy harvesting from the NFC um, electromagnetic waves, but also you could have an external circuit connected. And so uh, there's even an LDO built in, so you see it won't go above uh, 2.7 volts, um, but you can get up to, I think 2.7 volts, yeah, you can get up to uh, 1.1 milliamps to 7 milliamps based on um, the field strength and uh, the voltage that you want out of it and you're, you're willing to drive from it. You know, once you're getting into 4 milliamps, you can drive. Uh, a, a low power microcontroller can run off of it for a short amount of time. So, you know, if you want to do some data transfer from microcontroller or from a sensor, using NFC uh, could be preferable to something like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi where you need a battery. I'm using a coin cell here because this is a common uh, low power battery source. But, you know, there's there's a big 
gulf between having no battery, right, having a totally energy harvesting solution and having a battery. Once you have a battery, suddenly you have to deal with replacing the battery, having it be replaceable, so you have to open the case and remove it. You have to make sure the battery doesn't get damaged or there's like chemical corrosion. If it's in there too long, if it's a rechargeable battery, you have to recharge it. You know, batteries, it's like, it's not just the cost of the battery. There's a lot of support circuitry and design required for it. So if, you know, you can get away with not having a battery, um, I think that could be interesting. Here's a design uh, for a uh, e-ink um, tag that is completely, uh, data is transmitted, reprogrammed over NFC. Now you're gonna have to hold that NFC tag fairly close so it can go through the update cycle, which takes 20 seconds, but you don't have a battery. Maybe you prefer that, maybe from a meter away, this is, uh, this is useful enough. Um, there is a library for the ST25DV. This is the I2C side, of course. From the NFC side, you know, you just use it according to any API you've got for iOS or Android. Um, it acts as a normal tag. It, the, the mobile device does not know the difference between it and any other ISO, whatever, 15963 tag. Um, there's also the K and the KC version. I'll say I looked for a little bit, and I believe the big difference is um, there's, a, there's a couple little details, but you can change the I2C address of the KC family. Otherwise, it seems like they're pin-to-pin compatible and uh, functionally very, very similar. So you can, you can pretty much use either. I've used the K because um, the KC was an app. I'm going to check the details of this more. And best of all, they're in stock. That's right. Love Real it. On when the INPI is in stock. So pick it up. Um, you can use our open source design if you want to, to get started. There's also eval boards from ST. Um, but I think it's an interesting way you want to transmit data to and from a mobile device, not have to deal with deployment, not have to deal with Bluetooth or pairing or batteries. This could really be a good solution. You know, um, there's, you know, there's a couple of presentations on the ST website um, with demonstrations of what they think it could be good for. So, um, All right. And we have a video. Do you want to play it? Yeah, let's play um, the video. This is from ST showing their sensor tag, right. which uh, is an, another product that uses... Um, this chip and a microcontroller to uh, data log and then transmit that data log data uh, to a mobile device. Okay, it's two minutes. See you on the other side. Hi, I'm Jim Barlow with uh, ST's NFC RFID marketing. Uh, we're here at Sensors Expo in uh, San Jose. And we're introducing our new low-power NFC sensor tag reference design. It highlights many of our low-power sensors for your design, such as the uh, low-power accelerometer, barometer pressure sensor, humidity and temperature sensor, and our low-power Cortex-M0. Uh, what the sensor tag allows you to do is uh, completely, this entire board can be read through an NFC field from your phone, for instance, and can be completely powered has the, through the energy harvesting uh, capability of the NFC uh, IC on here, the ST25DV uh, NFC dynamic tag. You can completely power up this microprocessor and these sensors and read that data. But we've designed this reference design to now allow you to enable in your designs the ability to data log. So you can design, um, you can test, like for instance, you could test if something stays cold during shipments, if it uh, encounters vibrations or maybe heat during the shipment. And then uh, when you come in range of a near field uh, communications, 
you can take that data log uh, information out and uh, make intelligent decisions. Like, for instance, if you had a case of wine shipped to, to you at your home and you're wondering why it tastes bad, you can detect that it you know, was stored at too high of a temperature. So this uh, new reference design is now available on ST.com, and we look forward to uh, you designing and being very successful with your projects. Thank you. All right, and uh, that is a thing, Sensor Expo. This is one, of, by the way, that's one of the places. Oh, that's right, yeah. This is one of the Kevin places we want to go to. Sensor Expo. Um, we, uh, we went to a couple of shows that I can't wait until we can do it again when we got our picking places we went to. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's giant commercial shows that have all this stuff, and Sensor Expo is one of them for that. So right. that is that this week's INMPI. Okay, before we get over to new products, Matrix Drivers Code, 10% off the need for store, probably till 11.59 p.m. tonight. Matrix Driver, Matrix Driver, Matrix Driver. All right, Lady Ada, it is new, time. New, 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 new. You ready? New, All right, we have some fun stuff this week. Yes. All right. Okay. First up. Uh, we've got some more keyboard cases. Um, we have the 60% uh, keyboard shells, um, but let's say you like arrow keys, you want a bigger shell. Um, you know, like these are these are called the K68s or JKDK 68s. Um, I don't have CAD files for them. I'm gonna try to get them, um, but you could just measure um, the mounting holes and, and use these for designing a PCB for keyboard. Um, I always like to have the enclosure first before I design stuff, so that's why we're carrying a lot of keyboard shells before we make any keyboard uh, PCBs. I just think it's better to, to get all the, the cases uh, nailed down because that's something that's very hard to do after the fact. It's a lot easier to adapt a PCB for a case than the other way around. Okay, next up. This is fun. This is like the best alarm clock for an engineer. Yeah, you sent this to me. I think this was, this was on the social media. I just thought this was hilarious. So it's a... It's, and it's actually... It's one of those things that's like, haha, so funny, but then you use it and you're like, actually, this is kind of good. It's a um, multimeter that's also a Bluetooth speaker and also an alarm clock and also has built-in batteries that can be recharged, so it's portable. Um, and it's a good benchtop multimeter. Like, it's actually kind of nice. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't replace my, um, you know, handheld multimeter, but I think if you're going to do, if you're going to have something that's a, benchtop speaker slash alarm. You might as well toss a multimeter in and uh, it works great, comes with probes. And it's not too expensive, it kind of does everything you want. Um, and I like the nice big display. So yeah, it does it all. It's a you know dessert topping and a floor wax and a multimeter and an alarm and a Bluetooth speaker and does you know continuity and current and frequency and, and all that good stuff, so. Great for dorm rooms. I, yeah, I think actually this would be really useful for, to be honest, what it would be really useful for is a, um, is a makerspace or workshop yeah. because it's portable. I do like that you don't have to have it plugged in. You can charge over USB, but then you can pick it up and move it anywhere. And that, I think, does make it useful. Also, straight up, if you're going to get an alarm clock for the you know, nightstand, get this because you know your, your multimeter is going to break one day. You're going to be like, oh, no, it's late at night. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. Just grab your alarm clock. All right, next up. All right, next up, we've got uh, two sets of uh, YC8s. Uh, these are 
aeronautical style quick connects, um, you know, sometimes called limo connectors, uh, which we covered. Those are usually quite expensive in their military specification and they're, they're actually used in aeronautics. This is aeronautic style. I would not use this in an actual aeronautics project. They're not specified for that. Don't use this in your F-14. However, if you are making projects that want that kind of connector, a quick release connector that's very uh, reliable and durable, these are really good quality connectors. Um, usually this stuff is out of the uh, financial range for most projects, which is why you don't see them, because usually the, the connectors are $50 a piece. These are like under, seven, you know, they're seven or $8 a piece. So they're, um, a much more affordable version. Um, I've seen these used a lot in um, keyboard DIY uh, uh, quick connect USB cables, which you can use them for, and you know maybe we'll do a project on that. But they're they're good for other uses as well. I you know when we were doing wearables, um, we use these uh, for quick connects to connect different elements of the wearable system because you want to be able to quickly remove them, but you want them to stay durable. These are extremely durable if you use the right diameter cable, which is the thing about them. Um, you really need to use the exact right diameter cable because the inside of um, the connectors has like a little metal spring piece. Uh, it's here, if you go here, it, you see it in the middle there, it, there's sort of like a crown shaped piece. Um, so that grips onto um, the outer cover of your cable and it really needs to be like within a millimeter um, so, you know, there's some people who are like, well, you can use thinner cable and then put heat shrink on it. I just, whatever you do, you really do, you know, this is the thing that's hardest to use about it. The soldering isn't too tough. The assembly isn't too tough, but having the right diameter cable is, is what makes it challenging. So, um, I'd say just for that, that's the one thing to watch out for. Otherwise, the strain relief won't work. You could use a thinner cable and then maybe stuff some hot glue in there. Um, that's an alternative. I think it'll work just fine. Um, but if you want to use it the way it was meant to, there is that there is this press fit part that needs to be kind of perfectly sized. Next up. Um, next up, we have a um, all-in-one sort of like tablety HMI kit from Espressif. Um, I do like the ESP32 S2, and I do like that they packed this full of hardware. I will say it doesn't have CircuitPython support. I don't even think it has Arduino support. You're supposed to use this with the um, Espressif IDF. And even then, it's probably not going to have full support for a little bit. They do take uh, some time to, to get support out. When you plug it in, it doesn't do anything, so it doesn't come with a demo even. But uh, it does have a beautiful 4-inch uh, capacitive touch screen with a 16-bit um, parallel port connection. There's all these uh, at the bottom, looks like JST-SH connectors for like SemiQT, but also SPI and UART. It's got the ESP32-S2 Rover, so it's got Wi-Fi and... Um, native USB. It's got another USB port for the debug console um, and programming, so it's kind of good for that. Uh, it's got capacitive touch. Um, a couple sensors. I think there's an infrared thing. There's battery management. Um, there's this particular one. They don't ship it with a battery, but you can grab a iPhone 5 battery off the shelf and apparently it just plugs in. They To, to make shipping easy, it doesn't ship with a battery micro SD card slot. So it's one of those things where I got this, not because we support it, but because I think this is a good um, hardware setup that I would like to support one day in CircuitPython because it kind of covers everything. So maybe I'll go to the overhead real fast and I'll just sort of yeah. point out because there is, uh, there's some depth here. So um, it comes with this like 3D printed or I don't know, injection molded, I don't know exactly case. Um, but this is kind of a, a, a divot here. So this is where that um, iPhone 5 battery would go. 
um, all the different pieces. This case has slots here for all the connectors, uh, two USB-Cs. There's a speaker um, that's built into um, this kind of uh, piece here. Uh, this is nice gold um, copper. You know, it's it, the, what all the pin connections are, are etched into copper. Uh, you can go here to download um, the software, but it's kind of got a little bit of everything, which I thought was um, kind of neat. And, uh, you know, particularly having something that has the uh, capacitive touch button, uh, the capacitive touch screen. Clearly, it's like from a, a phone or something that is uh, being recycled. Um, and a nice beveled case with um, light sensor and humidity sensor and SD card and everything. So a good, a good collection of everything you want, and it you know, features our favorite uh, new chip, the ESP32-S2. All right, and star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, our team, is? Uh, the IS31FL3741 RGB matrix driver. Uh, we've been working on this breakout for a bit, and, and I was a little scared of putting this together because there's so many RGB LEDs, 117 of them. In fact, it's a 9 by 13 um, grid of RGB LEDs matrixed through I2C using this cool chip, the IS31FL3741, as mentioned. Um, it can drive like 351 LEDs or 117 RGB LEDs. Uh, it's designed so you can tile them side by side and of course each LED. It's not NeoPixels or dot stars or just analog LEDs that are PWM'd at 8 bit per channel. So you get 24 bit color, uh, basically. Um, and uh, I2C makes it really easy to use. You can use it with Python or CircuitPython or Arduino. If you want, you know, a lot of LEDs, we recommend going up to our RGB Hub 75 matrices. You know, those of course you'll get 32 by 64, 16 by 32, like tons and tons of LEDs, but you do need a lot of pins. Whereas what's nice about this is it's all over I2C. So it's really easy and it's low power and it looks really good. And honestly, I chose on the overhead, but this is kind of- It's on the other end. Kind of looks better, although you can see it, it, but nice and bright. This looks good too. I'll say this, I wish that anyone who does electronics would show videos of things working or, do, or even just do like a quick phone video um, because you never get to see this stuff actually working. Yeah, this actually, I'm surprised that the color came it through. It looks great, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's very easy to use, um, and we designed it so you could tile them side by side. An earlier version of the prototype didn't have this bottom edge, but we thought people would rather have mounting holes, because again, if you want a lot of LEDs, you should just get our Hub 75 matrices. Honestly, they're, they're gonna do a, a way better job um, than this. So, um, this is cute. We're gonna make more of these. Uh, we have to, we're going to go through a lot of LEDs. I actually order like a couple hundred thousands of LEDs because it adds up fast. We don't have anything else that has this many RGB LEDs in them. Uh, so, you know, what I normally would think of as a lot, like a reel of 6,000. Nope, that was gone in about like two minutes. Uh, thankfully, our pick and place has a lot of heads. Yeah, 10 years ago, I said it'll take a little while, but we'll get there. We'll eventually be able to make a jacket that plays Blade Runner, the movie. Yeah. So we're getting there. We're getting it is, there. It is on that long list of things. Like, we can, we can like, help pixel. Like scripting languages for microcontrollers, also wearable TVs. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, more on that later. And that's new products. Yay, new colorful. New, 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 new. Okay, well, don't forget, Codes Makes Your Driver. And uh, let's, we're gonna do questions, so please post them over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do some top secret while you're loading up some questions over there. Yeah, in the vault. Open the vault. 
Yeah. Seek the vault. Okay, what do we have? That's right. Um, so first up, you, well, I mean, it's your show. Uh, what is this? Uh, okay, so I put together El Porto. I'm sure this on Desk Lady Ada. It's an MCP 23017. This is a 16 channel. I expanded for I squared Z. You know, it comes in dips, so you think, like, what's really the point of having a breakout? But a lot of people were like, no, I really want to have something that's Stemma, plug and play. We did, we get a couple requests for this more than I was expecting. And so by the third or fourth request, I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll whip together something to make it even easier to use this uh, very popular chip that we have drivers for already. All right. So this is, I've, when I filmed this, it was top secret, but now we have the product. So... You'll just get a, a view. This is like a little time travel Yeah. Of, uh, Behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, we're putting together some new boards. This is the IS31FL3741. It's a PWM LED RGB driver that can do a lot of LEDs. This is cool because it's much cheaper than individual dot stars or near pixels. Uh, so this is the prototype, which I hand assembled, and it's a little like wobbly. Uh, and this is the nice ones that just came off the pick and place, or a little toasty even. So let's try out our test code. Plug into our, our uh, Metro Mini. And, a moment. There you go. You can see a nice demo showing text and color gradients. We're also testing two RGB LEDs. These LEDs are only a penny a piece, but there's a slight variation. One's a little brighter than the other. Uh, but we're getting this ready to put in the shop. It's a cute little RGB LED matrix that's all powered and controlled over I squared C. Stemma QT. And uh, then I have uh, this demo. This is, if you saw the show and tell and what Trevor was working on, this is uh, basically that video. And this is our new app. It's in beta. It's in test flight. And it's called PyLeap. And the idea is we'll make putting code on a Bluetooth device as easy as we've had putting code on a CircuitPython device where it just shows up as a USB drive, drag and drop, but this is even easier where all you do is turn on your Bluetooth device, load this app, you pair it, and then what we have is uh, code that's on our learning system, and you just choose what you want to do. Right now we're doing this in Rainbow's demo. It takes the code from the learning system, downloads it to the phone. To get the latest code. And then it sends latest it bundle. right over to Beep, boop. the device. And so that's how quick it is to get code on without without a computer. And that's this week's top secret. Okay, get back in that vault. All right, we're doing questions right away. It's question time. I have some, Put your questions I have some, in uh, the have, chat, preferably have, the Discord have, chat. Yeah, we're just doing Discord questions. Discord it's questions. Hard to keep track of them All right, okay, so gonna go here, to, uh, starting at 857, I'm oh, sorry, no, the 857 mark. Uh, does Adabot have any siblings? Well, Adabot's a robot, so I would say by the current definition, no. Yeah. All right. Um, next up. Does have friends. Yeah, you can have robot friends, but uh, next up. Any chance of Python circuit Python support coming to the Adafruit? ST25DK16K I squared C RFID EEPROM breakout. I'm trying to integrate it into an RPI4 project, so the current Arduino library won't work for me. That's a good thing to ask ST to do. I know other companies are trying to write Python code. Um, 
The library is complicated enough that I wouldn't attempt a port, um, but I think ST would if you asked them to. Um, so go, go check with them. They're actually very responsive when people ask them for example code in Python. And I want to push them to do that. Okay, the MP, well, also if they hear that, they'll be like, oh, well, these, like, lots of Yeah, they don't even Python know that people code, want yeah. it. You got to tell them that you want it. Um, the MCP230, 23017 preview of the breakout for the inputs. Will you be able to connect two wires out of a button directly to the board? Yeah. And then two, with the library written, can you read an entire bank at a time? I think we do have bank support. Okay. Uh, Y'all ever consider an LED matrix or flex, semi-flex backing so you can get wrapped around curve objects? We do have a bunch of LED matrices that are flexible, both the Hub 75 and the, um, like NeoPixel, I'll say, you know, you they're, they're still delicate. Um, none of these are designed to be flexed multiple times, but around like a, 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 a fairly large round object, yes, they are flexible. Okay. Oh, I meant siblings is made by the same creator in similar fashion. Yeah. Um, oh, so the, same, the same puppeteer yeah, made so the puppets. Myself, Bruce, and then Annie made these. So I would say like they're all in the same family. Yeah. Um, next up, thank you, Skur, for grabbing this one because this was one that was way back um does it seem like memory chips are starting to come back faster than others i recently had a long lead for spi flash that just got fulfilled yesterday yeah i think i am you know i did get a bunch of shipments of stuff that we ordered back in january it's it's hard to tell really what's going on i don't i can't tell if companies are just being pessimistic or they don't want to promise lead times that they can't fulfill um or what or what's going on but uh I, th I think, look, if you need something, put an order in. All right, this is from Mark. This isn't a question, but it's very nice. Um, I'm constantly impressed by the high quality of stuff coming out of Adafruit, including this video series. Yeah. So we had more time to hang out. Thank you, Mark. We try. But well, one we're thing. Here, we're here every week. One thing I'll say over yeah. the last decade plus ish, um, there was a lot of people that were always like, you should have a different camera. You should do this. You should do that. You should. Um, uh, you don't have a pick-and-place machine. You shouldn't do surface mount stuff. Like, all these things that, that people kept saying that we shouldn't do, and we didn't listen to them. We just went ahead and we did the best we could with everything we have. Now we have high-quality cameras. We have industrial pick-and-places. And we wouldn't have gotten here if we listened to those people. And where are they now? Who knows? Probably dead because they were old, mean guys. But that being said, um, it's important because I think a lot of folks get worried about like, oh, I don't have the best website and I'm starting a store. Or like, oh, I don't want to do videos because I have a good camera. There's people I know that work at places that I'm just like, why aren't you doing videos? And they're like, oh yeah, my manager says like, I need a good camera and it won't look good. It's like, he's being mean, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Just just publish, 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 publish. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that if, it, if, the, if what we're doing now looks good, it's because we, got here one step at a time and it wasn't great when we first started yeah it was as good as we could do but it wasn't it, it's not it doesn't arrive like this yeah so anyways thank you mark um next up it's step by step yeah uh do you think the power uh do you think the power the power product uh integrated circuits will take longest to recover i have no idea okay um thoughts on a board like esp 8266 or es P32 with a built-in FCP expander, all-in-one. No, I don't know. I think expanders are something that's really, it, it, they're, they're meant for the purposes they're meant. It, they're not universal. All right. 
Next up, how do you all try to balance having a full-time job and other responsibilities by trying to create content and not give up sleep? Um, well, I mean, we, we try, I mean, like, we're very focused. I mean, you, you have to get sleep to, to do what you do. Yeah. And so, like, we, we try not to give that up. But there's other things, like, we don't... Only, only you can make up this decision. I can't, I can't tell you how to run your life. No, they were saying, like, how do you, how do, you do all these I know, things? but when people ask that, they're asking... How do I do it? Yeah. They're not asking me how to do it. They don't care how I do it. They're asking how they can do yeah. it. Yeah. I think we sacrifice a lot of, like, normal people stuff. Um, but we like doing this. And I actually think that that's why some folks uh, don't quite understand Adafruit. Like, we actually like doing this, and we're having yeah. fun with it. And I understand that sometimes when people see people having fun, their only reaction is to uh, be jerks. But we really like doing this. And so I think that's, that's one of the things that help. Uh, next up, could the... ST25DV using conjunction with the key charger to replace a data cable. It's not key compatible. It's a diff it's, it's NFC, totally different protocol. Okay. Uh, and we'll go over to the side chat. Do, do, do. Let me see if there's anything else. Uh, I'm gonna call it. Oh, there was an earlier question. Um, yeah. When do we ship packages? So we ship... Monday through Friday, right? Monday through Friday. I think we do weekends right now. We do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, depends. We have, we're, right now we are because um, we're trying to keep up with the demand. So um, usually orders are being shipped as early as 6.30 or 7 and as late as like 5 or 6. And then on weekends, it just really depends when it was just me doing shipping when we were different version of Adafruit, I would do shipping. Uh, so 5 a.m. was to pick up postal bins outside. Mm. And then I would get back, make sure I had the postal bins. I would put out the packages. And I would start doing some shipping from 8 to, to 10, hang out with you. And then I would ship from, I'd do customer support stuff. And then from like noon to five or six and then we would go like go for a walk or something yeah that was my shipping schedule yeah and then at night i would do it and that's how we started doing ask an engineer yeah because i was someone's like I, we had a webcam and they're like if i order something we ship it and i'm like yeah yeah and here's our show yeah <laughs> all right uh and then last ones yeah here's any time. chance of stocking expressive esp 32 a1 a1s audio board it's neat a lot of these boards are really, they're very IDF specific, and uh, I think, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna carry every single ESP dev board, there's a lot. Okay, is there an alternative to a key charger that has data transfer? I don't think so. I think keys, uh, I think really it's only power. I don't know that they're ever gonna add data. It's yeah. a very high power inductive charging standard. All right, and here's a nice comment from Skur. I just wanna thank Adafruit for keeping things open source. It really helped me with my first TFT design oh. this last weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, we don't get this question anymore, and we don't get this like statements like, "If you do open source, everyone's just gonna clone you." Yeah. Yeah. It's like no, like who cares what we were working on ten years ago? We've released it, we've open sourced it, and we've continued to move forward. And everyone got to learn along the way. Yeah. Turns out. That's also, a now good strategy. I just I just buy all the chips before I make a design because I have to have the, the parts, and even if you clone it, you can't make it. That's what you do. Ha ha ha! You buy all the chips on the planet. No, no, the parts. Oh, okay. But, yeah. but it's definitely a thing. It's t it's tougher to clone now if you can't get the parts. Ooh. 
right. Uh, it's a secondary effect. Ooh. Catch us if you can. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, we'll always do open source. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny is what? uh, folks... There's so there's so much video over the last decade of us doing this show because I was thinking yeah. about the people talking about our shows and stuff earlier today, and uh, we can't really go back on it. Yeah. Um, everyone else kind of does, but we we don't and we can't because someone would do a supercut of me saying we're open source, <laughs> and I wouldn't want to watch that. Yeah. So for the most part, we're just gonna always do open source. I see. Re I see no reason not it's, to. It's not. It has nothing to do with how the business is run. Yeah. It's totally independent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that is it. Mm, that's all the questions for tonight. Okay. Oh, at least this is the one thing. Okay. That is it for tonight. It's amazing. Don't forget, Matrix Driver is the code. We'll see everybody next week. Special thanks to Jesse May behind the scenes. All of the thanks, folks Jesse May. running the chats and more. Special thanks to some of the Discord mods. Oh, I guess there was one. Sorry. There was one more. Uh, I'm building a custom key with the Neo key ortho snap parts and we'll have a couple different sections. Would there be a performance difference between, say, having letter keys and numpad keys on a separate matrix versus all being on one matrix? Also, I snap my orthos up by forgetting that they zigzag so my layout I'm doing with some, extra, some rows going in the same direction. Can I just reverse those rows in NeoPixel part of the matrix? There is no performance difference. Just do whichever. It's not gonna, that's not going to be what causes performance issues. And yes, you can flip and rotate them any way you like. Um, as long as all the rows are connected together and the, the columns are connected together. Okay. That is really for sure the show for the night. Bye, I'll everybody. Just, I'll do the code one more time. Major right. driver. Yeah. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you so much. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.